Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Why do I have a feeling that anyone that uses buy now, pay later schemes isn't going to click on this episode because they're scared of hearing something they don't want to hear? And that makes me think, do I bother with these episodes that I know people aren't going to listen to because it's the intimidation thing? Or do I just do it anyway and hope that they do listen because they like me as a person and think, you know what, maybe I'd learn a little something from this. And I hope that that is you today. I hope that is you listening to this thinking, okay, I use buy now, pay letters all the time, but I'm hoping that uh, some sort of insight is given to me today. I'd also like to think, you know, that we've built enough trust in this relationship that you understand that everything I talk about, I also have experience and slash want to know in the sense that I'm probably also using buy now pay letters or probably also in some kind of debt or probably also looking to buy a house and that's the kind of angle I'm coming at it from. I'm not a financial professional. Let's just get that out of the way before we get started. The key thing with these episodes is that they don't intimidate you, is that they are really easy to listen to, relatable, and you can somewhat feel like you're just listening to a friend talking about credit scores, by now pay later schemes, budgeting, etc. Not some professional dude who you don't understand. So anyway, with that out of the way, and I really do hope that you enjoy these kind of episodes, today we're going to be talking about buy now, pay later schemes. So that's your afterpays, your laybys, your hums, your Genoa pays. I think those are the only ones I can think of. And kind of the pros and cons, how they work, what they affect, what they don't, and just a little bit of an FAQ session around it all. The first thing I noticed is, shit, there's a lot of media on buy now, pay laters. Like, a new article is released by the looks every day on Buy Now Pay Letters. And that's just for New Zealand. Like literally so many stuff articles about Buy Now Pay Letters and how they're not regulated and all sorts of random things. And I'm actually quite interested to know who reads those. But let's just get started with what it actually is. So my definition of a Buy Now Pay Letter scheme is it's a loan. In its simplest form, it is a loan. You are borrowing money from someone else to buy something and you're paying it back later. You're technically in debt the moment you purchase something with a Buy Now Pay Letter scheme, which I think people understand, like fundamentally they understand that they're borrowing money, right? But I don't think they make that connection that it's debt. Like they don't think of it like credit card debt, an overdraft or things like that. They don't think about it in the classic sense of debt, but it is just because it's a small amount of money doesn't take away that debt definition because people tend to say when they're purchasing things like, oh, just after pay it instead of, I'm actually going to go in debt to purchase this necklace, you know? I don't know why I keep referring to everyone as a they when I'm talking about myself as well. I don't actually use buy now pay laters anymore. I stopped my use of afterpay and lay by at the end of last year because one, I just hate being in unnecessary consumer debt. So I just didn't want to be anymore. Uh, but also I was using it to buy things that I couldn't afford and that were just unnecessary. Like I, I'll get into my opinion on it later. But anyway, that's where I stand with, with my use of them at the moment but I can very much relate to the type of person I'm talking to, so, or talking about. 
Lucky for us, it's not too hard to work out how they work because it's in the name. So you buy the thing now and you pay later. Um, Of course, you have to pay the first installment at the time of purchase, but not the full amount, right? So depending on which one you use, you could be paying weekly or fortnightly across a shorter or a longer period. But essentially, at the end of the day, you're allowed to purchase something without paying all of the money up front. I really wanted to explain the difference between a buy now, pay later and a lay buy kind of arrangement because I'd always heard about lay by um, not lay by the buy now pay later scheme so that's l-a-y-b-u-y this is lay by like l-a-y-b-y which is a different type of scheme confusing right so that's why I reckon lay by tried to sneakily use that name so that you think it's the same but it's not or I don't know, they probably didn't care. But anyway, a buy now, pay later scheme, as we've just spoken about, means you can buy the thing now without paying the full amount up front. A lay by scheme or arrangement means that you don't get the thing until you've paid your last payment. So you can purchase something and I guess they kind of like have it on hold for you, but you're still making those weekly or fortnightly or monthly installments, but you don't actually get the, the thing you've bought until after you've finished paying for it, which I think is really interesting. It is literally pouring down where I am right now, so I hope you can't hear that. But the reason I wanted to talk about that difference and potentially make you aware of what a lay-by actually is, is because that might work better for some people who need to pay things off in installments, but also can easily be a get addicted to spending money or uh, can easily find themselves in debt, this might be a really good way of doing that because you don't have that instant gratification that you would with buy now, pay later. But I'm going to go into that a little bit later when I talk about the pros and cons of buy now, pay later schemes. So the next thing is who actually uses them. And I think this is interesting because I always have conversations or I've had this conversation a few times with like the boomer gen or the gen Y Gen, which is the one above millennials, about how young people don't use credit cards anymore. And they're like, wow, this is great. I feel like people are becoming more financially literate because they don't use credit cards anymore. And while I was doing this, I was like, no, that's bullshit. We're we're not more financially literate. It's just that we have afterpay now. So we don't need to take out a whole credit card to fund our wardrobe or fund whatever like consumer purchase we need to make. We've just got afterpays. So um, who actually uses these? So unsurprisingly, and this is a report from CB Insights, which you can look up online, millennials and Gen Z cover a massive proportion of those who use afterpay. So, um, and obviously afterpay is only one buy now, pay later, but you'll get the idea. Nearly 70% of afterpay's user base falls into the 18 to 34 range. It seems that us Gen Zers are a lot more comfortable with using afterpays instead of credit cards. Uh, according to this report only 50% around 50% of us have a credit card whereas 70% of millennials still use credit cards so millennials are just racking up that debt all round. I generally don't believe that there's a problem with having buy now pay later schemes but I do think that there is a problem with not educating people on how to use them without getting themselves into a whole lot of debt or without kind of avoiding the normalization if that is even a word 
of having debt all the time, like just like you would live out of your overdraft, you're just living in afterpay or lay by debt. I don't think that's a good thing. And we all have different reasons for using buy now pay letters. But in the survey within this report of over 1800 people were surveyed, two of the most commonly cited reasons for using buy now pay letters were one, the ability to avoid paying credit card interest, which is Fair enough, but we'll actually talk about this later. And the second was to make purchases that wouldn't fit in their budget, which, you know, (laughs) obviously, if something can't fit in your budget, there's a question you need to ask yourself. Why is that the case? Is that because it's not a priority to me? but I'm, I'm making it a priority for some other reason that isn't actually aligned or connected to my wife for budgeting and saving? Like, is that is that the reason you couldn't buy it previously? Because um, otherwise you would prioritize it, right? Within another report by Finder, uh, about 17% of New Zealanders had buy now pay later debt, with the average outstanding balance sitting around $418, which, you know, I suppose in the grand scheme of things depending on your financial situation isn't that bad but that's not really the point of you know it not being that bad it's more the point of people living within debt that they don't need especially if that's backed up by the fact that people are using buy now pay laters to purchase things that don't initially fit in their budget anyway. I also think it's important to note that these buy now pay later schemes are often targeted and geared towards women and marketed towards women. An article by Stuff in 2018, and I know it was a little while ago now, but I wouldn't even say this would, would have changed too much, said that buy now pay laters have found the greatest demand in encouraging fashion and footwear retail. Now, this next part is going to be pure opinion, not fact. There's always been a focus on women's looks through the media. We know that through huge mass marketing of makeup and beauty products and beauty treatments, etc, etc. And so it makes total sense that by now pay laters would find, I don't know if it's a weakness, but um, a weakness in the market when it comes to knowing that women are susceptible to this marketing around being the prettiest, being having the most trendiest clothes, um, having the latest footwear and all of that kind of crap. It's a common conversation among women and I, I do feel like it's sad <laughs> that that is the case, not to get dramatic about buy now pay later schemes, but I do think it's sad that women are targeted because they are going to feel like they need to be someone else or they need to be more for someone else they're never enough and that at a deep level ties into the encouragement of the use of buy now pay later schemes so side note to any person listening to this episode who feels like maybe they fit into that category you are enough honestly you don't need to go out and get in debt to wait for the most classic cliche statement of all time, to be enough for society's expectations of you. You really don't have to. And if you want to, you know, if you're doing all of this for yourself, then fuck, good on you. 100% absolutely go for it. And we're going to talk about not getting into debt for, you know, just the reason of not getting into debt soon. But when it comes to spending, sometimes it really can be this emotional thing. It's the same with families feeling like they need to keep up with the Joneses and buy certain things for their kids that maybe other parents have bought for their kids etc and then people get into credit card debt to try and prove that they're this certain person with a certain amount of wealth so many of these trends carry through in all different parts of life it's not just with women it's not just with beauty but it is definitely prevalent in this area 
And I think it's important to highlight that. Pros and cons. Let's do some pros and cons. I love a classic pros and cons list. Honestly, it's so basic, but it can help you with anything. If you want to leave your job, if you want to move countries and you're not sure, just do a a pros and cons list. It'll honestly lay it out so clear. So what are some benefits to using buy now, pay laters? You can get what you want without having to be able to afford it, right? So you can obviously get anything you want relative to the shipping times um, whenever you want, which is great. Obviously, as consumers, we love quick easy accessibility to whatever it is we want at the time. The next thing is that it's debt that most likely won't affect your credit score if you don't pay it back. Now see my episode two weeks ago on credit scores for more a bit more information about this but basically what I said or a part of what I said is that buy now pay later schemes most likely but we don't know because sometimes they do most likely won't talk to the credit reporting people and it won't go on your credit score on your credit report but it can that's the thing it can so you don't actually know so it could positively affect your credit score if you continue to pay back those payments on time and consistently and don't rack up any fees it could it could also potentially negatively affect it so if you're going to use them, I guess the gist of what I'm saying here is that make sure you don't rack up late fees. Make sure you are paying back things consistently. We'll talk about late fees in a second because those can be a really big issue when it comes to these buy now, pay later schemes. And then, of course, another pro is that you won't pay interest, right? So you like taking out a credit card, you'd have to pay a pretty high interest rate most of the time. But with buy now, pay later, there's absolutely no interest. They're also a lot easier to access than a credit card. Like there's no massive sign up process that we have to go down to the bank or you have to get things approved. It's a really quick online kind of application form and then you've got access to money. So the cons. In my opinion, it can be addictive and you can get to the point where you feel like you can't live without them, right? So like I said before, you're living in, you might be living in your overdraft, you could live in your afterpay debt. So the CB Insights report I was talking about before, they also found that when consumers pay in installments, they typically tend to buy more, just generally, which I think normalizes the use of debt. I spoke about that a little bit earlier. It's not regulated, right? So it's no one's required to go under an affordability test before opting into having debt and it just normalizes being in debt to someone and taking out loans which I think can can be a negative thing when abused. This is backed up even more so because the funny thing with afterpay specifically is that the better you are with the debt so the more you pay it back consistently and on time the more access you gain to more money right so if you have a record you might start off with like a base when you get started on afterpay but if you can prove that you pay back things on time and consistently and I assume this is the same for the other ones as well they give you a higher cash limit but just because you've paid things on time and consistently in the past doesn't mean that you can afford to keep doing that or that you doing that isn't going to drastically affect your current financial situation. The limit for afterpay seems to be around 1 to 1.5k, which is obviously not necessarily a life-changing amount. But if you're constantly in the 1k afterpay debt, it's hard to to get out because you're in that routine of just being comfortable with being in that level of debt. It's it's like living in an overdraft, which I know a lot of people who have done this in the past or do this currently, and 
they just get in the habit of living in their overdraft and get uncomfortable with wanting to pay back in a lump sum because they feel like they've lost so much money but they never actually had that money to begin with there's a lot of mental things that come into it one of the last cons I think this is actually my last one is that late fees can end up costing you more than interest on a credit card if you rack it up to the max so the idea or one of the biggest pros with having buy now pay later schemes is that you don't have to pay interest right but if you miss your payments and you have to pay late fees ultimately this can end up costing more than than interest would have if you had just had a credit card in the first place so being really wary of those late fees is super key the finder report I was or have been talking about throughout this episode was saying that 38% of all consumers are extremely or somewhat concerned about their current debt level. And that's just across the board. Generally, 38% of consumers are are concerned with their debt. But the figure actually jumps to 63% for consumers with buy now pay laters. So it seems that those who use buy now pay laters tend to be more worried about their their debt and as we know stress around money can bleed into so many different areas of your life and really restrict you from so much not only just practically in the sense that you can't afford things but also mentally you know you you lose confidence you don't want to tell people you get embarrassed and you might start to close off etc etc there's so many follow-on effects from having debt so I thought I'd leave this with my personal opinion and a few things to consider So at the end of the day, it's a personal choice, isn't it? As is anything. If you want to do it, you can. And it's not up to me to tell you not to do it. But (laughs) my unregulated and non-professional advice is that you should think about the need. So do you actually need to be normalizing debt for yourself at this time? Don't think, do I need this thing? Because anyone can make the argument for yes. I'm the worst for that. I will literally justify anything. I will do a full-on presentation pitch in my head about why exactly I need something when I know when there's this tiny voice that I'm pushing down saying you don't need it and I know that in my head but I'm not listening to that side so anyone can make the justification that they need a thing but do you need to be normalizing debt for this thing at this time I think delayed gratification is super underrated um, because you know it kind of makes you think even more about whether or not you need it. You're not going to wait to pay for something over a longer period of time if you don't want it bad enough, you know. And so I think the idea of lay by, L-A-Y-B-Y, is a lot better because it forces you to have that delayed gratification, which can then put you off getting into a mindset where you're normalizing debt and you feel comfortable with debt you know you start to feel comfortable with debt when you can just use it all the time but with lay by you have to wait until you get that thing so I feel like it's it's a lot more positive from a spending and debt perspective there's actually a website for kiwis called mylayby.co.nz where you can buy all sorts of crap on there and uh, you lay by it so you don't get it until you've paid your final installment I didn't even know that existed but I love it. I think it's a it's a good idea for those who can't necessarily afford to buy something right now, but know they, they want it and are happy with that delayed gratification side of things. Buy now, pay later schemes tend to appear more and more and more in problem debts of, of some of New Zealand's most vulnerable families. And it's starting to be really normalized and it's not regulated whatsoever. With another thing, actually, with lay by the one where you don't get the thing until you've paid it off. You're covered by consumer protection laws, but you're not covered by them if you 
use a buy now pay later scheme just fun fact for you so as I keep repeating it's normalizing debt that I see as the issue because then people become comfortable with living in debt especially when they don't need to that's the thing it's like most of the times I see people using buy now pay laters or like after paying things is for shit that they don't need really you know they ju- they just really want it and I've seen people after pay things when they can actually afford to buy it outright but they just don't want to lose all that money in one go don't do that you know, like if you can afford to buy something outright, just buy it outright because you just would rather have more money to live up your lifestyle later. But the thing is, if you aren't willing to front up all the cash at the start because you think it's going to affect your lifestyle, can you really afford it? You know, so I'm going to leave you with three things to consider. Number one, do you need to normalize debt to get this thing? Number two, is this a one off or will I continue to keep this debt? And then number three, do I have a plan to pay it off without it affecting the lifestyle I live now? And I think if you can analyze those three things before you opt into it, then you have a pretty clear idea of how capable you're going to be to pay it back without letting it hinder any of your current goals or your current lifestyle. (sighs) Well, that was easy, wasn't it? Not too scary, not too intense, I hope. Thanks so much for listening and continuing to listen. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you could please leave a review and a rating down below. It really helps me. Otherwise, send me a DM on Instagram at the One Up Project if you want to chat about it or have any questions. My messages and DMs are always open. I absolutely love doing that. It's my favorite part of having this podcast is talking to anyone who listens or cares. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Otherwise, have an amazing week. Cheers, guys. Disclaimer time. So the One Up Project is an educational platform providing information that is general in nature and has no intention of being financial advice. There may be opinions or an individual's experience within this resource that should not be considered as recommendations or personal advice. Everyone's financial situation is so different and you must use the information provided within the podcast at your own risk. Please complete your own due diligence before making any financial decisions based on the information within this resource. I'm not a qualified, registered or authorized financial advisor and if you require legal, financial or other expert advice, you should seek assistance from a professional advisor. Thanks guys. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, Be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project, and I'll catch you on the next one.